To meet you. Generally, it's, it's lacrosse is for everybody. So we want to talk about how lacrosse is an inclusive sport, um, how do we grow the sport of lacrosse, how do we make it more inclusive, um, and then I'll get different opinions from all of you. Does that make sense? That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Good. Good. So I'll just, I'll just throw it around, you know, we'll introduce yourselves first, um, and then we'll just jump in. Sounds good. All set? Sounds good. Perfect. Well, good afternoon. My name is uh, Yusuf Khan of First and Ten. Um, oh, sorry. All right, I'll start that again. My bad. I forgot about this. Sorry. Is that on? Yeah. Okay, oh. perfect. So, uh, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Yusuf Khan of First and Ten. I'm excited to be here with the Riptide. And today we have a great group of panelists here to talk about uh, how lacrosse is for everybody, the diversity of lacrosse and inclusion in lacrosse. So we've got some great guests here, which I will allow them all to introduce themselves, uh, starting with Ali. You're up first. Oh, thank you, Yusuf. I'm Ali Melendez, sidelines reporter for the Riptide, although I remain unbiased <laughs> in all the reporting. Um, yeah, and it's wonderful to be here. So excited. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Um, my name is Kyle Kennery. I'm a referee with the National Lacrosse League. And a uh, couple years ago, came out and um, it's been an awesome welcome within the sport of lacrosse and look forward to talking about that more uh, later in the conversation. Thank you very much. My name is Pastor Edward Corley. I'm the pastor of the Mount Olive Baptist Church in Manhasset where I pastored for 47 long years. Uh, the I was blessed to teach uh, social studies at the South Senior High School for 16 years, but my, my, my biggest, perhaps, accomplishment is why I'm here today is that Jim Brown and I shared not only a childhood, but we, <coughs> we, we, we were blessed to share <coughs> the game of lacrosse, to share in the, the game of lacrosse, football, basketball, 
and track. I have a <clears throat> I have a still have a relationship with he him and his lovely wife Monique. I tried to get him before coming here today. I told him to call my cell phone if he could. And so <clears throat> uh, this this is an honor for me to have my children and 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 three of my grandchildren, two of my sons, and I got two daughter-in-laws over here, and a lovely lady of 65 years. Her name is Marva Ramel Corley. Hey, hey. Can, you, can, can, I get, can I get an amen or an applause? Uh, my name is Severio Marzocca. I'm captain and founder of the Wheelchair Lacrosse League in New York. My name's Damon Edwards. Uh, I play for the New York Riptide, the defender for the last year here. Excellent. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being here. And of course, thank you very much for allowing him to be here. Um, so we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, Damon and I were, were talking last week on, a, on an interview about the sport of lacrosse, right? Here in the United States is not as big as, for example, it is in Canada, right? Here, it's pr primarily it's football, basketball, et cetera, things that I came up in. But lacrosse has been growing pretty significantly. So I'm just curious, uh, Reverend Corley, I'll start with you. What is, <laughs> what is the attraction or what was the attraction of lacrosse to you? And why did you take to a game that maybe traditionally a lot of people, you know, didn't get into, particularly a lot of African-American people didn't get into? Okay. Let, let me tell you, I, I, I graduated high school about almost 70 years ago. But I got introduced <coughs> to, to lacrosse at an early age, about maybe 13, 14 maybe, really, be, be, because of the coach at that time, uh, we call him Stranny, Stranahan. And for me, uh, a young African-American who, uh, I, I, I tell the story, we didn't, my family didn't, wasn't poor, we just didn't have any money. Along my pathway in life, I was blessed to have people who, who impacted my life at an early age. And they were all white men. They used to come, I, I, I know their names, uh, really. They're, they're, they're since gone home to be with the Lord. But as a young boy in Manhattan Valley School, uh, it was a segregated school that was there for more than 50 years. It, it fin we were able to finally uh, desegregate the school. It's, it's a record. It's a court record. But anyway, I was always active into sports all my life, if I can remember. Okay. And I want to I say something about sports as an outlet for young black men and women. It is, a, it is a marvelous way to, to move up to, to the ladder, to, to get out of poverty, really. And for me, I, I, I fell in love with the, I wasn't the greatest lacrosse player. My, 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 I, I, would, I would like to think that I, I did all right in basketball and football. Track was my major forte. 
okay, I was able to, to, to do something. But, but for me, <clears throat> having those coaches who were, I, I, I believe in my spirit from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head, who were colorblind. They, their only concern was, do you, do you, do you want to play? And if you want to play, if you have a passion to play, you're going to have to discipline yourself. I'm 13 years of age, and I'm listening to this, primarily because, I, unfortunately, I, my dad was not a present dad. He was a, an absentee dad. And, and, and my mom had to raise 10 children. Am I taking the... the yeah, you're trying the, to name your people right. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you're doing good. Go ahead. We're hearing We're hearing it. I didn't expect your autobiography today. Yeah, I'm I think we're, we're good right now. <laughs> you sure? I, I, we're good, we're good. Nine boys and one girl. And so we, 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 we struggled with it. It was a big challenge. But, but, but when these coaches came from Manhasset High School down to the valley to introduce lacrosse to kids who <clears throat> were, were not accustomed to, to, to real, the only thing we were accustomed to really was we, we did a lot of football. We did a lot of tag. No, no, no. We, we actually tackled 12 and 13. And, and Jim Brown, my friend, and he, we, we, we talk about it today. We, 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 th there were about at least five or six African American young men who, who really took up the course, uh, the, 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 the sport lacrosse. But for whatever reason, Jim Brown and I, we, 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 we kind of really, it became passion with us because it was, First of all, it was an opportunity to get the hell out of the out of the ghetto. Into 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 a situation that that you could really really I believe with all my heart that learning lacrosse and the other sports too helped provide self-esteem in my life. I'll tell you, it's funny you said that. So I was talking to Dr. Fred Opie for an interview we did, and he said the exact same thing. Lacrosse provided self-esteem, discipline, and it gave him a chance to do something different than what of a lot of other people. So that's, that's interesting you mentioned self-esteem. So um, I'll go to Kyle, if you don't mind. I'll, uh, I'll ask Kyle a little bit about it. Yeah. I'm in sales, so I can talk a long time, too. So I, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you I mean. I got a tough gig to follow yeah, up there. Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, Kyle, I put you in, the, in a bad spot. So I started <laughs> playing when I was four. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask you the same question. What drew you to the sport? Uh, my, my father was a lacrosse goalie, and, uh, and I got involved in hockey and lacrosse at four and um, became a lacrosse goalie. Um, eventually, you know, we were all 12, 13, trying to figure out what are we going to, what are we going to do to make some money and refereeing was an opportunity. So it was, it was paying better than McDonald's was. And then, uh, just kind of stuck with it. And, um, I love the sport. Um, I, I always enjoyed the competitive nature. I think, um, it, it also became a second family. 
uh, no, matter, no matter what was going on at school or what was going on at home, you could always show up to the rink with your team. You always had your second family there. If something was going wrong, you could always call up your buddies. And, uh, and, and we had our, each other's back, no matter what rink we went into, no matter what team. And I think that, that camaraderie piece um, is, is what's kept me in love with it for so long. And now our, our team is just a bunch of zebras running around and, uh, and trying not to get yelled at. Uh, keeping the game safe and, and having some fun out there with guys like Damon. Definitely. So, Barry, I'll ask you and then Damon, you know, same question. What drew you to the sport? So, growing up, before I was injured, um, my cousins played and my uncle coached. So, at the age of, like, 10, they dragged me in and I fell in love with the sport and so forth, stuck with it, and here we are today. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started playing lacrosse, actually, at the age of three, um, so I was pretty young, but I was kind of born into the sport of lacrosse because my, my older cousins played. My older siblings all played lacrosse, and so I was kind of, you know, luckily born into the game. And uh, I grew up playing every sport, though, right? I, I didn't really go under one umbrella, you know. I truly don't believe that kids should play, you know, one sport. I think kids should play as many as many sports as they can. And, you know, lacrosse, it, um, I just became so passionate about it. You know, it was never, like, going to work for me. Um, you know, I was always just so... Know, happy to be with you know my teammates and you know like uh, like Reverend said here it was an outlet for me too you know it, whenever I had a bad day at home or, or school you know, my one constant was was lacrosse right I knew when I went to the practice or a game you know I could forget about you know all my my troubles and just you know play there and and be with my teammates so you know that uh, I think that's what really kind of drew me you know to make it um, you know, a profession for myself too. Because um, it was kind of football and lacrosse for me growing up. Those were my two big ones, right? My, my dad played in the, you know, the CFL there and um, lacrosse was just, uh, it was just my love. Excellent. I know, Al, you and I were talking before, like we came up in track. You and I yeah. came in track, so lacrosse a little bit new. Yeah, yeah track, exactly. We came in track. But tell us, you know, how were you introduced to lacrosse? Yeah, so growing up, sorry, I'm like, this on your leg. <laughs> uh, growing up on Long Island, I mean, it's it's unavoidable, right? So even if I'm not directly on a lacrosse team, which I wasn't, I came up with track, but uh, so many of my friends, boys and girls, played lacrosse. And so I was always around the sport, but not directly in it until college where I met my, I'm still dating him, my boyfriend, um, and he was a lacrosse goalie, always trying to get me to, you know, come complex at the games. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I got my own things going on. But when I started supporting him and the team and really going to the, to the games, I fell in love with lacrosse as I fell in love with him, I guess, but really the sport first. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I was studying communications, broadcasting, journalism, the whole thing, and I was like, I gotta get into sports. You know, I gotta get into sports broadcasting. So, um, and we'll talk about an experience as a woman in, in sports broadcasting, but um, lacrosse specifically, as something that I was used to, to being around and now, you know, dating someone who's so heavily involved still to this day has is, is just been such an amazing journey. So I, I appreciate the sport and, and everyone who plays. Excellent, excellent. Damon, I'll come back to you. We, you and I had spoken, I think about a week or so ago, and you told me something interesting. Right? For those, those of us who are from the New York area, New Jersey area, I didn't know this. I thought lacrosse was 
the sort of secondary sport in Canada. I, I assumed it was hockey. And he blew my mind and told me, no, lacrosse is actually the primary indoor, outdoor sport in Canada. Is that right? Summer. Summer. Yeah, summer Canada outdoor. Canada's national summer sport. Right. So that kind of blew my mind. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but in terms of, you know, being in Canada and the U.S., and obviously you play here now, you know, what are the differences you see between the two? Because here it's more football, basketball dominates, but there it's hockey and lacrosse. So tell me the differences that you've seen between the two in North America. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of a big difference, right? The, the big ones, like you said, football, um, you know, here in, in the States, and it's mostly, you know, lacrosse and hockey here. Uh, sorry, in, back in Canada. And, you know, the, I guess the big difference is, you know, the indoor game, right? So box lacrosse, indoor lacrosse in Canada is kind of the mecca, right? It's, it's the biggest part, right? We, we play field lacrosse there, but it's kind of indoor lacrosse or, or nothing kind of thing, right? So I know field lacrosse is, uh, is huge here in, in the States, but I've seen, you know, in the last little while, just the, the kind of shift, right? The shift into all these American teams starting to get box teams, which is amazing to see, right? And it's going to help with the development of the players, but it's also going to help with the development of our, our league, the National Lacrosse League too, right? So just seeing that kind of movement in the last few years, it's been, uh, it's been amazing to see, and I think it's going to be uh, you know, huge for our, our game of lacrosse in the future. So my next question is, is for you, Kyle. I had read the story uh, on you in uh, OutSports. And one of the things you said was that it was an outlet. Lacrosse became an outlet or an escape. A lot of people use sports for that very reason. So tell us a little about your story and why lacrosse in particular became that outlet for you. Um, so the, the brief Coles notes uh, involved in hockey and lacrosse um, since four or five years old. Um, and around 14, 15, I, I, I knew uh, that I wasn't straight, but didn't know am I gay, what am I, where do I fit? Um, but also grew up in a, an old school town. And um, a lot of old school opinions, um, went to Catholic school the whole way. And, and so for a very long time, up until three years ago or so, um, I kind of I kind of just kept a lot of that buried, um, but, you know, kept living the 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 life that I assumed people wanted to see me live in terms of uh, being a hetero man, and um, and then just kind of eventually went you know enough sacrifice enough uh, with the facade with the lies I'm I'm gonna be me. Um, but all of that kind of built up frustration along the way. You know, I could I could go to the rink uh, as a hockey player and, and go crush somebody, or I could, you know, I was a goalie in lacrosse and you know just getting that breakaway uh, game-winning save with the you know as the clock's ticking um, and seeing the reaction from the team. Those, those little, uh, or not little, those, those achievements amongst a team and, and having everybody kind of pick up and, you know, we all win together. We, 
we live together, we die together as a team, and, and having that, nothing else mattered. You know, and, and Damon talked about it earlier, it didn't matter what was going on at school or home, and, and for me, it didn't matter what was going on in my own head. Um, when I went to the rink, it was one objective and one focus, and then everything else just kind of went away. You know, it's kind of interesting. If you look at the panel that we have, we have a wide range of diversity here, right? Really wild. And Severi, I'll come to you next. Tell us a little about the league you play in, because again, lacrosse is a very inclusive sport. It is not just gender focused. This is not just race focused. You can see lacrosse is open to everybody. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the wheelchair league and how you got into it as well. So before I got hurt, wheelchair was, uh, lacrosse was my life. Um, I got injured 11 years ago in a car accident, kind of left me in a whirlwind. So when you get injured, I'm sure anybody in a wheelchair could tell you the first sports as a young guy they push on you is wheelchair basketball and softball. Like those are the two things to go. Um, so playing basketball and getting used to it, I kind of figured everything out and got used to the chair. And uh, I always had an itch to play lacrosse again. And a couple guys in California started uh, Wheelchair Lacrosse USA. And they started playing out there, so kept contacting them, contacting them, begging my uh, basketball coach at the time to reach out and see if we could set up a clinic in New York. So after begging him enough, he finally was like, all right, we got permission. We're flying him out, and we're going to go. Um, since then, I haven't stopped playing. I traveled to go see them, um, and it kind of brought back old good memories and times and the competitiveness because it is the same sport. It gets, you know. A lot of wheelchair sports, you don't get to play full contact. You don't get to push and play and, you know, get aggressive enough to the point where, you know, you can knock somebody out of their chair or keep playing. And um, I think a lot of guys, once they're injured, think they're fragile. And playing a sport like lacrosse helps them regain that confidence, um, which is great to see. And it's adaptive all over. I mean, there's so many different adaptive lacrosse leagues and games going. I mean, I play with and thank God for Long Island Metro Lacrosse sponsors us, but they have a bunch of other inclusive teams as well. And uh, it's, it's great to see. I mean, we started with a handful of guys and now nine years later, I think we're up to 15 teams throughout the U.S. and Canada has a team now and, you know, we're going into Europe. So very cool. I got to say that as I've learned more about the sport, I'm beginning to realize there is much more diversity in the sport than, for example, I came up playing football and basketball, and I don't think you have as many opportunities as you guys have or have had, you know, in through through lacrosse. So I think that's that's incredible to see. I will open this up to any of you. How do you think lacrosse becomes even more inclusive to a wide range of audiences? And the reason I bring that up is because I'm from New York City. And they now have two lacrosse leagues that I know of in inner city. They have Harlem lacrosse and Bronx lacrosse, doing extremely well. But how does the sport become even more inclusive and sort of expand that inclusiveness uh, across the country to other types of communities? I'll open that up to anybody who wants to answer. I, uh, I think that what, what he's talked about in terms of the growth uh, and bugging bugging the coach to, hey, let's, let's start something. And, you know, I'm passionate about it. I'm going to keep going after it. Um, I, think, I think this is a panel of, of people who have been sparks. Somebody who's started a fire and, and you know, been that, 
that trailblazer. And there always has to be a first. So the more that people are the first and take those risks, um, try something different, advocate for change, advocate for um, a new opportunity and, and fight for what you believe in, regardless of what that is, I think the more that we have people who are, are pushing for a new league, a new team, a new opportunity, new funding, et cetera, the more we're gonna see growth. And the more firsts we have, the more seconds and thirds, et cetera. So, um, you know, this, this is a great panel of people who have put themselves out there and then hopefully others will continue to follow and, and looking at four teams to 15 and, you know, you were talking about Ireland, possibly in Canada, and that, that's exciting stuff. And you're also jumping yeah, yeah and, and representation matters. So a child seeing someone who looks like them is so important, and I think from a media perspective, we're seeing a lot more uh, women covering women's lacrosse, and, and in general, more women's lacrosse being covered in big-time ESPN, MSG, big-time network. So I think, you know, where that has lacked in the past, we're seeing a lot more people watching women's sports and watching, you know, and, and coaching girls teams and boys teams and, you know, seeing a lot of diversity, a lot of representation uh, from a young age. So media coverage, which is, you know, kind of my bread and butter that I can talk about lacrosse from that standpoint, has been so awesome with doing better and doing more. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see where else that goes because, again, representation's everything. I mean, yeah, definitely media coverage and thank God for social media and stuff like that. I mean, we're even seeing um, now younger kids with disabilities and, you know, adaptive sports are coming out and they want to play lacrosse or, you know, start learning and practicing, which is, is cool to see because now it's bringing up a whole new generation and more teams and availability, so definitely media coverage and getting out there and just doing it. Yeah, I think, um, and, and I'll, I'll let you go in a second, I think the distribution part of it is huge, right? With, if people can't see it, they don't understand it. Um, and, and I'll just say, I came up at College Sports Television. That was one of the stations I worked at. I've been in media a long time. And we were the first ones to broadcast regular season college lacrosse. I had no idea how big it was until we started broadcasting it. And then I went to Maryland to meet some of the folks down there. They live and die for lacrosse down there. I had no idea, right? So that is what, I think that's the importance of distribution is to see it. So whether it be on the media side, whether it be on the you know, youth side, et cetera, if we don't see it, we can't support it. So I think distribution is huge. So I just wanna add that. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, exposure, like you said there too before. Um, you know, yesterday I was actually fortunate enough to, to go to an inner school uh, or inner city uh, program uh, in Queens, and you know, I, I got to teach lacrosse to about you know 20 kids who never even heard of the sport before, right? So, you know, getting sticks in those kids' hands um, throughout, you know, throughout the year, not just one time, right? Trying getting them exposed to the game, um, you know, throughout the year, and you know, I, I've created a program, uh, Damon 45, it talks about diversity and inclusion, you know, not only in sport but everyday life, but. I'm also wanting to get into those inner city schools and again teach that game of lacrosse because you know I want to give these kids the outlet that you know I was fortunate enough to have and you know give them uh, give them some hope too right that's part of um, part of the reason why I created this program too. 
Kind of interesting you said that, and I'll, I'll stick with you if you don't mind, because I wanted to ask this. So I, as I mentioned before, I interviewed Dr. Fred Opie, who's a longtime lacrosse player, very well known, played at Syracuse as well. He had mentioned that lacrosse welcomed him in as a sport, and he loved lacrosse. He would never change his experience. He also played hockey and soccer. But he said that on the field, I think you had mentioned this, teammates, right? It's all about one team, one band, one sound, right? But off the field, when he left it, he felt a sense of loneliness because sometimes he didn't, he couldn't associate with his team, whether because of music or the food or where they party, et cetera. So there was a sense of loneliness off the field. Um, have you found that in coming up throughout your entire lacrosse uh, career, through youth, et cetera, have you found that, that there is sort of this team unity and then when you leave, it's like, all right, what do I do now, you know? Or, or do I associate with people off the field or can I associate with them? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I was often, you know, the only person of color on you know, both sides, on both teams, right? My team and the team that we're playing, right? So I, you know, often felt that kind of loneliness there where I was kind of the only, only person of color there. But I was so fortunate enough to have, you know, some great, uh, great teammates and, you know, teammates I could always, you know, talk to if I ever had, you know, trouble with another team or, you know, if I experienced anything during a game or anything like that, I always had, you know, as soon as something happened like that, you know, I'd have 20 guys that are jumping in for me, right? So I was so fortunate to have some, some great teammates, some great, you know, lifelong friendships from this game of lacrosse. So um, sense of loneliness, you know, yes, but also, you know, no, because I, you know, had some great, uh, some great friends growing up. Yeah, so I was coming to you next. Uh, I, I want to say something. You, you, you mentioned something. My, my wife and I have maintained a friendship, <coughs> graduates, 54 <laughs> and 55, 65 years. We did, <coughs> because of, 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 of both of our involvement in sports, especially lacrosse, lacrosse became a passion. I used to eat and sleep and bring this home every day. Wherever I went, I had to have, well, my son didn't know that. He, he didn't know that I had this passion when I was younger for lacrosse. And man, you, one of the reasons why, is there anybody here who was privileged to see Jim Brown play at all any time? He was an all-American lacrosse player. He went to Syracuse, as you know. Jim Brown could use this lacrosse I've never, I told him I was envious of him. How, how, how can you do that and I can't do that? <laughs> that, that helped me, it drew me closer to the game of lacrosse, uh, of the moves that you can make with this on the field. I mean, and so, but I want to ask something. I don't know if there's any kind of, any, any kind of data about how many blacks female or male who are really exposed to the game of lacrosse in, in, in Long Island. I don't know if there's anything, but it's, it, it's criminal. But, but I need to say this too, first of all. I need to congratulate these Purple Heart women. My panelists here for being courageous and honest. Believe me, I, I, I need that for my sermon next week. It, 
it's just amazing. I just wondered if there, if you knew, if there were, because after a while, from 13 to 15, to 16, to, to 16, I, I played the cross at school, whatever. But then basketball and track and football <laughs> superseded lacrosse. It, it, it became a, a no-show almost. It just dominated, and somehow I lost my passion in the midst of becoming a track star or basketball player. And, and but this is this is a fantastic, really. I, I wish my 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 my, my grandchildren. I see the youngest one is seven, and, and Jay is 15, and then my oldest granddaughter here, <laughs> Princess uh, Taylor, would, would take up this, well, well, she's in college, so I don't know if they have a lacrosse team where you go. They do? Yeah. I, I know what you're getting for it's, Christmas, it's, by the way. It's, I know exactly what you're getting for Christmas from granddad. This is the, I got to tell you, this is the first opportunity I've had a chance to give a, this, to advocate for lacrosse, for what it has done for me. And I'm a better person because of the game of lacrosse. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, that was, um, I don't know if you could see him waving that stick. I think he was ready. He might, Damon, he might be coming on the field with you in a couple of minutes. He, he was really natural with that stick. I saw that. Um, but I think that was, that was really great. You know, the, the passion that people have for people I talk to in this community, I mean, I have not seen that type of passion. Like, you guys are die hard, so I, I will give you that. Um, Kyle, I wanted to ask you the same question um, that, I, that I asked um, the guys there. It's like, you know, do you feel like the, the sense of loneliness outside of the field, or, or when you were younger, when you were playing, did you feel that sense of loneliness, whereas you had the team on the field? Uh, yes and no. Um, just to steal Damon's witty answer um yeah i i felt a sense of loneliness because i grew up in an environment that i couldn't i couldn't be who i was who i really was um to a degree i guess i'm fortunate that i had the ability to hide that um so i i never really dealt with persecution um, and that that was the loneliness that was the really difficult and the really taxing uh, the mental health uh, tax um, that I paid day in and day out knowing that I was I was a great chameleon um, but that's not who I wanted to be I just wanted to be me and so that that part brought loneliness um, but nothing else, you know, again, back to, back to sport and camaraderie and, and, you know, one band, one sound, once we all showed up, nothing else mattered. And so a lot of that went away and that was the reprieve. Uh, that was the opportunity to forget all those unhelpful thoughts. Um, and, uh. And even even today now that you know I've come out and I'm I'm living a very authentic life in terms of my expression, um, 
and, and who I am, you know, players and coaches don't yell any more or any less, <laughs> given, given my expression and my, my sexuality. At the end of the day, it, the call is going to be the call, and it's going to be seen through their eyes in a positive light or a negative light or just a, uh, an acceptable light. Um, and so, you know, the journey in the last couple of years, it, it's been really amazing um, to have this lacrosse community so welcoming, so kind, but also to see that nothing changed. I, you know, we, we all have our good days and our bad days and good performances and bad performances and I'm sure even from a broadcast standpoint, maybe you'd, you'd jumble a, a word or two once in a while, um, but it, it seems like nothing else matters and, and the calls are still all the same. And so I think in terms of inclusion, in terms of diversity, that was always my biggest hope, was that nothing really would change, but maybe that, that young athlete who loves the sport, um, but is going, oh, this is such an alpha sport. I can't get involved. Maybe they go, oh, that guy's wearing nail polish. You know, that guy's doing his thing. Well, maybe I'll give it a go. And, or, or maybe they, you know, live their authentic self. And that, that was my, my big hope in, in terms of doing the story and, and making it such a, a big stage piece. You know, um, Ali, that actually was come perfect, perfect segue to you because we talked about, you just mentioned a little while ago, representation matters, right? And we've seen a big push for uh, women in sports lately from March Madness now being able to be used for the women's tournament, from more women's basketball, more women's sports being broadcast. Because when I was at ESPN back in early 2000s, 99, 2000s, women's sports was like an afterthought. And it, we could try as hard as we could to push. Nobody wanted it. And I think it took this sort of groundswell of women athletes saying, put us on. We promise you we will perform. And you see the results. So from, from your perspective in the media, you know, have you seen more opportunities open up? And have you seen it come from, for example, sports like lacrosse, where you have this opportunity to, to call a really cool sport and really develop a career from it? Absolutely. I mean still kind of a sad stat. I know it's under 20% of women who are sports broadcasters, but that's up from, you know, 2010, where it was like 11%, you know, or in that range. Um, I might be off by one or two, but it's just incredible, like you said, that of course we're heading in the right direction, but it's like, oh man, 20%. But then it's like, you know, okay, well, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever, it was way less. So we are heading in a wonderful positive direction. I know so many broadcasters who played the sport, who then went into broadcasting about it because why wouldn't they? They have firsthand knowledge on how to play and how to call it. So we're seeing a lot more uh, women athletes talking about the sport, broadcasting about it. We're seeing a lot of um, more representation with the coverage of women's sports. So all of it is awesome, but it's like, ah, move a little quicker, <laughs> you know, um, but, but I'm really happy with where it's going based on where we've been recently, and like you said, just, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't even a thing, and now it's, you know, 
all over ESPN and all over MSG, like major networks. So it's good news all around. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep pushing for more, for sure. I got a question for you, Allie. In terms of, I, sorry, I'm not trying to steal a stage, <laughs> but in terms of the idea that 10 years, 10% growth in those numbers, do you think it'll be another 10 years to get to that 30%? Or do you see it growing faster and the representation maybe being at 30% in five years? I love this pass back, it's very easy. Um, that's a great question. I think it's gonna be a lot faster. And I think because more types of content, like digital in the digital space, there's a big need for more broadcasters, more reporters, uh, especially as sports betting becomes more and more popular and there's a big push for sports betting to get into major networks, but also to build out in the digital space. I'm seeing a lot of females hosting you know, and talking about sports betting, whereas I know a lot of people are still you know, nervous or it's brand new to them or they might not know, but that's a totally different brand new avenue that we're exploring that has a need for you know, reporters and hosts and broadcasters and I'm seeing a lot of women in that space. So I do think that because we're moving a little bit away from linear TV to a digital space, with that comes a lot more opportunities for people to get involved um, that we haven't seen in the past. So I think it's rapid, for sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. I think if you see the growth of women's sports being distributed on TV mm -hmm. between the two women's hockey leagues now, you've got uh, women's lacrosse, you've got women's basketball, you've got WNBA, um, they're talking about professional football league, you know, all of these different sports are finally getting distribution and that opens the door even more so. So again, I think it goes to distribution. If they can see it and they can get the results, I think it, it, it'll go up. I don't think you have to wait another 10 years. I think it will go up significantly within the next two to three years, you know, or continue to grow. Um, are, we, are we good on time? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Actually, I just two more questions, and I think we'll be good. Um, no problem. Um, actually, we're going to be cheering for the refs tonight, right? Yes, yes. Ref, we got to cheer for refs tonight. Refs, everybody, cheer, cheer for the refs. Um, Severa, I want to I want to ask you a question because, as we know, it only takes one person to sort of light the spark that we talked about, right? So for you, for starting a whole league for people in wheelchair and lacrosse, I think that's incredible. I want to ask you a question regards to finances because, as you know, lacrosse is not a cheap sport. It, it takes money, it takes time, investment, etc. MLS, Major League Soccer, announced, I think it was a week and a half ago, they signed a $25 million deal with a black bank federation where they were going to be putting money into black banks, black neighborhoods to help out minority communities. It's the first time a major, um, a major league has actually done this type of deal. From a financial perspective, how do you continue to operate a league when you need so much financing and where do you go? And do you think someone like NLL or some of the other leagues or maybe even private, private investors can help you grow you know, your league? Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, with uh, a lot of injuries and disabilities and inclusion, um, some people are on set incomes. So getting the right equipment and stuff like that is definitely hard at times. Uh, thank God we have a lot of sponsors like Long Island Metro Lacrosse. Um, there's the Wheelchair Sports Federation and they all gather money and help you know, provide us equipment from either teams donating it or uh, ring space, 
um, travel, all those things could definitely help. Um, and just the exposure from a professional level or other leagues getting us out there and names, I think it could help any team grow and prosper um, in any sense. So definitely would help. Excellent, good. So this will be our last question. Um, and I'll, I'll start with you, Allie. We'll go right on down. If you could tell people about lacrosse and maybe one last thought, you know, what would you like them to know about the sport from a media perspective as well as from a sports perspective? If you like fast pace, <laughs> if you like a lot of action, if you like to be really involved, um, lacrosse is for you. I mean, literally, lacrosse is for everyone. But I know that I personally love it because of the pace of it, because of the energy in it, um, and the energy of the crowd, too. It's just, it's so, again, being from Long Island, I think that being around that energy has always been really fun and really exciting and something the whole family definitely enjoys. So, hey, if it's something you've never heard of, it's brand new, why not try it, right? If you're so used to going to soccer matches, too. Um, I work with MLS as well, and again, I love the energy and the ener the fast pace and all of that. So if you're interested in that and you've never tried lacrosse, like just try it, just watch it. Just see if it's something that, you know, ignites that spark that all of you have felt once in your life um, for this beautiful, awesome, energetic sport because, hey, it could be for you. You never know. Thank you. Um, I think in, in a world of social media and uh, the digital age where everybody expects instant feedback Everything is instantaneous now. Lacrosse is that sport. They're, every play is instantaneous in terms of the action, um, the excitement, the thrill. And, you know, it, I, I find some of the other sports, personally, uh, there's a little too much downtime. We don't have downtime. It's go, go, go. And the action is, is nonstop. So, um, you know, it... It, it's a it's a viewer's paradise in terms of there's always something happening. You don't have to wait for the next play. Um, and then in terms of playing, I just think that everybody should have the opportunity to play team sports. Learn how to sacrifice for somebody else. Learn how to win as a team, lose as a team, stay united. Um, team sports in general, um, I just, I strongly believe that that is what, teaches the skills that, that makes good employees down the road. Yeah, I just w want to ask you, Janelle, if there is any uh, lacrosse tools that will accept an 87-year-old man. <laughs> I, I really thought you were going to suit up with Damon a little while ago. <laughs> the way you were holding that racket, I thought, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Do we have an extra uniform for him? I, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. He might be running out there. That's the, reason, <laughs> the reason I believe sincerely is I believe it from my heart. Lacrosse and the game and the rigor, rigorous activity that I, I learned with this program helps to sustain my body and my mind. I need not, it had a major impact in my life and why. My wife is here today, and I am here today. And I can say, <clears throat> without without any reservation, perhaps and I'm thinking about this as I as I look back. It really, in 
members of the value of lacrosse exceeds my time with football, basketball, and basketball. And I'm looking for a team. <laughs> to go out and try and play, just play, because it is for everybody else sitting on this panel, you can see, and um, just give it a shot, and don't give up on it, because it's definitely something that will stick with you for life. Yeah. And I, I think the great thing about it is that it doesn't matter what you look like, what you think about, who you worship, where you are, lacrosse obviously is for everybody, or, as you can tell here, or, or, or gender, yes, or gender, doesn't matter, doesn't even matter where you're from. Right, so we've got Canada, we've got U.S. By the way, the the I, you could hear the accent. Everyone makes fun of New York accents, and then I hear Canada, and I'm like, see, it's not us, right? Um, I will say this: I think when it comes to sports and the power of sports, sports is a very transformative type of inst institution, and you can see it, the power that we have in sports. So whether you want to start a league or a team, you know, I I think it takes one person. So yeah, so I I would just say to conclude that. Lacrosse is for everyone. Doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, where you're from, how much money you have. You can make a, a mark in this sport. And I think also use the power that you have in sports to do something special um, because you'd be surprised what one person can do. And we've seen it here with these uh, individuals. So thank you all for coming. Thank you all for being here. Truly appreciate it. I know you got to run. Um, and I know you got to suit up and stretch out. So we're, we're ready to go. So thank you all for, for having us. Truly appreciate it.